All right, welcome to the first ever episode of Mostly Gambling. I am Mike Scavati alongside Jay Devlin, and we want to thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be coming at you every Friday, and we're going to be bringing you a new show, breaking down the next few days' matchups for the weekend and where your money should be, along with a few quick hits throughout the week. Some big games are going on Monday through Thursday, whether it's football, basketball, Icelandic ping pong, even possibly some political bets and entertainment with the Oscars approaching this Sunday. We're going to cover it. Nothing is off limits. And if we leave anything out, like some of you wanted the F1 race this past week and we aren't mentioning it, please write us on Twitter at Mostly Gamble and Instagram at Mostly Gambling, which you should probably be following anyway. We're going to be dropping that name a lot here. Jay, how are we doing today? Fired up, man. Fired up to be back. We got some uh, some great gambling talk. We're going to be, be bringing to you at least three times a week for the, uh, you know, the foreseeable future for a long time, hopefully, man. So it's just good to be back. We did this show for about 10 years. Gambling was the space we were always trying to get into. This is our passion. This is something you and I love. And we would be talking about gambling anyway if we weren't doing this podcast. So fired up, man. Good to be back. Very good to be back. Um, as Jay mentioned, we used to do a show called Mostly Sports, and we're sticking with that mostly theme here, primarily focusing on gambling. But Jay and I have a tendency to get a little tangential and start talking about food, television, movies, just kind of a nice little break from just constant sports. But we're excited to be bringing you all that stuff. Uh, if you want to see any of our old episodes, they're up on the Mostly Sports Facebook page. Uh, today, we're going to be breaking down some bets from this past weekend. Some people had a tough time with that Michigan State Duke finish. Um, and then I'm going to give out, along with Jay, some bets that just jump off the page to us on a Monday morning. I know there's one that jumped out for me big in the um, in the Sweet 16 round coming up. Jay wants to talk some daily fantasy and one of the biggest gambling golf events coming up this weekend, a little match play and... Uh, I haven't met many people who know this stuff and are more in tune than Jay. You want to talk about that real quick, Jay? No, yeah. I mean, I think you summed it up nicely in the intro, man. Nothing is off limits. You know, politics, we're going to be talking politics, but we're not going to be discussing issues. We're going to be looking for for angles and lines to be gambling on elections. And, you know, those those things certainly exist everywhere you look now. So, you know, it's all all on the table, man. And uh, the Dell match play coming up this week is – is no different. It's one of the best, if not the best, golf gambling event of the year. And I don't even think there's a close second. Uh, you know, I have a little strategy I've used the last five years. I think it's been four or five years that's worked out and won money in the first round for me. So I'm happy to share that with everybody in a little bit. But, dude, we're going to cover it all, man. I mean, it's not just going to be the, the norms like college, football, basketball, baseball. We'll, we'll be talking everything. Yeah, I think Jay and I love, you know, if LSU is playing Alabama, everyone has a take on LSU, Alabama, college football. But uh, we kind of gravitate to those guys, you know, Colorado State against, you know, North Dakota State. Those are the games we like where you got to work a little bit to get some of that insight. Those games are ripe for the picking. Um, we're going to start out with a little bet that Jay and I had today. All right. Our old show used to be called Mostly Sports. This show is called Mostly Gambling. I set the over under it nine and a half times. How many times we say mostly sports instead of mostly gambling? I'm going to be honest. I thought I was going to say in the first line when I gave the introduction, and I didn't. So I think that nine and a half number is prime to go under. Jay, what do you think? 
Yeah, man. I think it's uh, we're on to the next, man. Like I said earlier, this is uh, this is the space we've always wanted to be in. When we did our old show before for 10 years, two hours, live radio show every week, we were killing it. But, man, we were never happier than when we were talking about gambling. So now we get to do the gambling part. We'll throw a little mostly at the end of the show, talk about some food, talk about whatever random thing that, that is kind of fun that, uh, that, that kind of catches our ear in, in a particular cool. moment. So... Dude, I think the answer is zero, man. We're ready for mostly gambling. Yeah, I think we're moving on. Again, you can catch some of our old Mostly Sports episodes on the old Facebook page. Um, You're not going to be able to find that over-under on any sports book. Jay and I are going to make up a lot of numbers, and we have I don't know how many bets going on currently. Um, But we're going to get all of our information from Bet Online, a phenomenal site. I think it's one of the best sites for lines and just keep in mind that if we give out a bet on a monday and the line is 12 and a half there's a little hint hint on what i like this coming weekend um then keep in mind that line's gonna move okay if people put big money on it's gonna move we're gonna explain all this stuff to you guys we're even gonna do a separate podcast if you're listening right now and don't even know what we're talking about with over under and there's a lot of terminology that you need to know we're going to be doing some episodes where we're explaining what money lines are and parlays and reversals and teasers and all of that good stuff. So with that being said, I got to ask you another question, something involving a little gambling thing. Over under, Jay, how many times did you get asked this weekend, how's your bracket looking? Uh, a few, man, and, and it looks pretty good because there, there's two strategies in my mind that you can employ when you're filling out a bracket. You can take the favorite. You could have taken Gonzaga, right? If you take Gonzaga, that means you have to pick the first two, three rounds of the tournament really, really well because when you get to the end, everybody's going to have Gonzaga. Or you can do what I did. I took Villanova to win it all. And, you know, it, despite not doing so well in the first two rounds, I still have all four of my Final Four teams left. I have seven of my eight Elite Eight teams left. So while maybe I'm in like a hundredth place out of about 500 in one pool I'm in, there are only two people above me that have all four Final Four teams left with Villanova in there. So, you know, that was my strategy. I'm feeling pretty good. Who'd you go with to win it all? I took Arizona to win it all, and uh, they gave quite a good scare day. yesterday. Um, I have Arizona Gonzaga in the final, you know, nothing too crazy there. Um, just seeing a ton of unbelievable stats from the past a little bit, you know, at least one, one seed has made the final four every time in the last nine years. Okay. That means 10 years ago, there was no final four. I or no number one seeds in the final four. I remember that. Um, and then you take certain numbers like multiple one seeds in the elite eight, the last seven years. So you kind of add those numbers up and, I don't know about you guys, but if somebody hands in a bracket and I'm kind of used to this with all number one seeds in the final four, one, that doesn't ever happen. But two, you're going to get you're going to get some shit for that. People want you to take chances in these things. I like you taking, you know, Villanova. That's not too crazy of a pick, but not a lot of people I know took Villanova. You know, I know they're a two seed and that's not that's not a stretch by any means, but I I enjoy it, especially with Arizona and Tennessee. I'll be honest. I really like Tennessee to come out of uh, to make the elite eight in that, in that section of the bracket. And I'm very off on that is Michigan is uh, the sweet 16 from that little quadrant. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember too. I mean, if you look back over the last like 10, 15 years at the, the odds of the title teams before the tournament started, like Baylor was plus 800 Virginia plus 1350 Villanova in 2018 plus 2700. So 
you know, the chalk teams rarely win. I mean, certainly some favorites come through, but I think if you want to win these big pools, you got to take some shots. And Villanova is just as good as anybody else, man. They, they have great senior leadership with Connor Gillespie, great guard play. Jay Wright's got the pedigree that, you know, it's above reproach. The guy, the guy shows up in March. He knows how to win. It just felt like a good play to me. Yeah, and for something like this, I know people like to just blindly make some picks. But with the amount of information out there today, you don't need to break down you know all 32 of those first round games, or I should say 34. But with the amount of information out there today, you can absolutely get some great insight to what kind of underdog has a shot. And that's what we're here for. We're going to give you some of that insight. We're going to talk about teams, you know, the ACC went eight and two against the spread a monster number for gambling. Whereas if you were loaded on the SEC, you were two and seven against the spread on the first weekend. That, I mean, those numbers are the difference between getting paid very well from your bookie and having to pay your bookie very well this weekend. Um, but I, you know, you see those numbers out of 33 million brackets, you know, after the first day, only 1.1 of them was correct, you know? which is insane. And that's why Warren Buffett offers a million dollars to anybody who could do a perfect bracket because nobody has come close. Except you, maybe. I don't know. I already screwed up Colin Gillespie's name in the first segment. So I, there's no way I'm getting my bracket perfect if I can't even get a guy's <laughs> name right. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? I mean, Gonzaga, not, you know, not to go too much about this past weekend. There were some phenomenal games. That last game, that Arizona game last night, TCU was one of the craziest I've seen all week. That, you know, that game ended with a ridiculous no call at half court, a dunk, which should have been a little teardrop because he ran out of time. The game went to overtime. Some unbelievable offensive rebounding, uh, some persistence, and Arizona got it done. Some of the other things that jumped out to me Gonzaga, seven straight Sweet 16 appearance. Tied with Duke and uh, for long third longest, the only teams longer Duke Carolina, and they're at four. Yeah, I mean that so. Gonzaga pedigree is is spreading its wings. I mean the the coach at Arizona, the new coach just took over Lloyd. He was a, an assistant at Gonzaga for a long time. The Mark Few coaching tree is uh, expanding, and yeah, I mean those are those guys just show up every year. But again, these are these are teams that fall short every year, which is another reason why. You know, you got to take a little shot on like a two or three seed every year if you really want to take down one of these tournaments. But to talk about the things that stood out this week, unfortunately, yes, there was great games. There were some overtime games. It was exciting. But the refereeing, if you want to talk about the question I was asked the most this weekend, people were hitting me up. We were talking about ref the refs. I mean, yeah. college basketball. Look, most people do not watch college basketball throughout the season. And, and I will be I will admit I'm an NBA guy. I watch every night of the NBA. I follow college basketball. I, don't, I watch very little. The tournament comes around. The the conference tournaments, we all dial in. We kind of do like an overnighter like we did in college. We try and cram it all in and learn as much as we can real quick. Of course. But then you get to the tournament and you realize, man, these the refereeing is is part of the equation when you're making these bets. And you almost have to start live betting these games, betting any of these games beforehand, before you can see the style that the refs will be. Are they going to let them play? Are they going to be calling ticky-tack fouls? That needs to be put into the equation for the bets you're making. And that, and that's tough to do when you, when, you, when you place a wager before a game starts. North Carolina Baylor, for example. I mean, that was a, f a travesty of epic mm -hmm. proportions to watch that game get refereed. And, you know, 
They kick out Manic. They're up 25 with like eight minutes to go. All of a sudden, Baylor just starts pushing North Carolina around. The refs don't call any fouls. They tie it up, go to overtime. North Carolina pulls it out in the end. But the point is, the refereeing, you kind of got to see how the games are being ref before you can really make a you know a, a good judgment call on which side you want to put your money on. I agree. And the, the the thing you're talking about is a little more advanced and takes a certain amount of discipline. I mean, it's not advanced technically to wait till the game starts and then live bet. A lot of those sites um, don't do it. Bet online. Absolutely. You could live bet. It's fantastic. Um, and I like to I like it when I can develop some sort of discipline to do that. I mean, we weren't going to talk about tennis. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yesterday, Rafa Nadal was a huge favorite in the Indian Wells final against Taylor Fritz. You know, you, me, Kale, we're on a text and live betting Rafa the whole time. He's going to turn around. Of course, Rafa's not going to lose that match. Well, he lost. You know, that's one of the times it does not work. Um, the refereeing has been interesting because I know that if these refs make a horrible call, or if they miss one, like at the end of the Arizona game, or they bring up that kid for a technical for hanging on the rim too long, which was probably the most egregious all weekend, um, then they're not going to be refereeing the next round. But what people don't realize, yeah, get him out of here. But then you have somebody substituting in who wasn't even picked to play, you know, to ref the first round. So the refereeing is ridiculous. During that Arizona game, I went back and forth to, oh, man, they're gonna they're letting them play. And then, wait, why are they blowing the whistle? He didn't touch him. And then they're letting them play, and then it was just, and then capped off with that that foul at midcourt uh, before the dunk in regulation. But there's nothing you could do about that, right? When you're a gambler, you just have to assume that all it all evens out. You're going to get some of those calls. You're going to get screwed by some of those calls. Nothing you can do. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's if you've been gambling a long time and you know these sports, maybe you played these sports. I was a basketball player, it, you know, but we've all seen enough sports. We know how game flow works, and you know, live betting coming around in the last like three, four years, and it's only getting better and quicker. And there's more offerings, more things you can bet live than you could bet a few years ago. I mean, I, I think that's the future of betting. And that's where, you know, we'll get to a point here in a couple of years where making a bet before a game starts is going to feel really weird because, you know, you, you want to put your insight into it. You want to put, you know, if you're really doing this, trying to make a few bucks, you got to watch these games, man. You got to find the angles in the game. And, you know, for, for like Baylor, if you have a team that is pressing and being physical and the refs are letting them play, you know, th- th- those are the things you got to jump on live. And, th- and that's where some real money can be made. Yeah. Um, and again, we're going to get into all of that, that extra fancy stuff. But especially we lo- we all like to think we know what we're doing in the grand scheme of things. Uh, there's a wealth of information out there that you might not get before the game. You just think, oh, okay, Gonzaga's going to destroy Arkansas. Okay, but they got to do so by eight and a half points. It'll probably be up to nine and a half or 10 by the time that game tips off this past, you know, this coming weekend. So uh, keep an eye on those lines. I always like to look early just to see if anything jumps out. And uh, some stuff has definitely jumped out. We're going to do another show on Wednesday with a little more specific stuff, uh, some picks and all that, some against the spread lines. I know um, that there are a few teams that I'm looking at here that are up in the 60s, 70s percent against the spread. That's a monster, monster number. Uh, I've given a few hints in my first bet what I like this weekend. It is St. Peter's. Those guys are rolling right now. They are 24 and 7 against the spread, getting 12 and a half against Purdue. That's a 77 and a half percent clip. 
I absolutely love St. Peter's. They are a fun team. Jersey City, nobody knows where they are. Everyone had to Google where that is. I'm from New York, and I couldn't even figure that out. So that's one of my picks that I like early. I'm going to keep an eye on that line on Bet Online, and uh, we're going to do another show Wednesday where Jay is going to lock in your daily lineups for golf and um, preview the weekend. We got a lot happening. and then we're going to bring you our normal show on Friday which will be the big one for this weekend after the Sweet 16 matchups, previewing some Elite Eight stuff. Jay. Gun to your head. Gun to your head real quick. Gun to your head real quick. Who do you like to win it all? Give me a pick. Just give me me one or two teams you like. Take it down. I'm looking at the odds right now. Yeah, the tourney. I'm looking at the odds. Like Texas Tech plus 1,200 right now on Bet Online. Texas Tech, I mean, that team, uh, they got a nice little pedigree. They, they've been showing up. They lost their coach beard, but they've, they've kept the same defensive intensity. Um, that, that's a sneaky little plus 1,200 that I like. People are loving Texas Tech. Um, I got my bracket in front of me trying to take a peek right here. Going against Gonzaga, Arizona. I mean, I don't see how you don't throw any cash on UCLA. You know, they're battle-tested. They had a hell of a run last year. Squeaked by a little bit, but... You know, they're going to have the winner of yeah. Purdue, Kentucky, assuming they beat Carolina. That game is going to be fun. They're two-point dogs against Carolina. So if I have to extend myself out a little bit, I'm going to go UCLA. Carolina's found their stride a little bit. They got that huge win at the end of the year at Cameron and Coach K's last game. Uh, it feels like they've turned a corner a little bit. Maybe Hubert Davis has figured out some things with the coaching. Um yeah, UCLA. I like UCLA. They do, you know, they had the great run last year. They have a lot of those guys back. Uh, I think the Johnny Juzang regression is probably something that would alarm me and, and probably a lot of other people. He was pretty fantastic mm-hmm. last year to the point where yeah. he was, he was, they were talking about, hey, if you leave now, you'll be a first round pick in the NBA draft. And obviously he came back. He's a prime example of a guy that it, maybe he should have left and taken the money because he will not be a first round pick now. So I would right. say if he if he can step it up a little bit and, and maybe catch lighting in a bottle like he did last year, UCLA would be a fantastic play at plus 1,400. Um, I like yeah, something pretty, else in that I mean, game too because Jaquez is still questionable. His ankle, if he's questionable with an ankle instead of probable already, his ankle has to be falling off because that guy's a warrior. I love watching him play. Yeah, and you're right. If he's out, especially Juzang has to he's not 100% gonna be step He'll up. He'll be in. He, he well, they can't win without um, Jaquez. Yeah. Right. And another another bet I'm looking at from that game is um, the under at 142. I know, you know, we've had a theme. There's no time for unders, no time to waste on unders. But at 142, I'm kind of liking the under in this game, especially if Hawkins is hurt and Juzang's not playing great. They're going to grind that down to a snail's pace against a Carolina team that loves to get out and run that I think uh, I'm not picking it yet, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on that under. I think it's going to creep up a little bit because nobody likes to bet the under in these games. A lot of value on that. 142, I think it might be up to about 144 by tip. What people need to know is we settled on the name Mostly Gambling, but the second choice was Life is Too Short to Bet Unders. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're <laughs> so, listening out there right now, you probably yeah. know, you know that you hate to bet on unders. People don't like to bet on unders. Guess what? Vegas knows that. So everything might be a little inflated, especially games like these. People who don't watch a lot of college hoops, but they're going to be watching this. This is a blue blood game, about as blue blood as it gets. Everyone's going to want to bet the over. Just keep an eye on that number. Put a little bit on the under for me. 
Yeah, it should be a good week, man. I, I think it's uh, it's anybody's ball game going into the tournament. There was probably about like twelve, fifteen teams that you could have convinced anybody that you know they could have won it all. I, I don't think that's changed at all. Gonzaga, Kansas, Arizona, even Houston. Houston's playing really well. Purdue's been kind of sneaky, man. That was a that was a nice win by Purdue against Texas last night. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it should be a good weekend. Fired up for it. Uh, Purdue twelve and a half points against my pick, St. Peter's. I just think St. Peter's is young. They're kind of stupid in a good way, and they don't care. They don't care. They're twelve point dogs. They're going to come out play. They're going to run. That's going to be fun. They're the third number fifteen seed to advance to the Sweet Sixteen since nineteen eighty five when the tournament expanded. The other two teams, twenty thirteen Florida Gulf Coast and twenty twenty one Oral Roberts. So Florida Gulf Coast, Lob City. Andy Enfield, they were fun. They were a lot of fun. And then he came to USC after. Just so you guys know, I'm in Los Angeles. Jay's in Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, Jay's from Philly. I'm from New York. So we got a lot covered on the geography of the U.S. Um, Yeah, I'm still New York at heart. Jay's still Philly. And that's it. So what's uh, what's next on the the gambling list for you this week? I mean, this that's the beautiful thing about the gambling ecosystem now is it used to be like when we were growing up, it was like seasonal. You know, it's mm. kind of like football season was gambling season, and then you know, and you had to call your bookie up. Now, gambling season is three sixty five, twenty four seven. I'm looking at my site now, and there's lines up for Israeli basketball. Oh, and I'm yeah. like itching to make a couple bets. So yeah, so every week we're gonna have tons of stuff to talk about. I, I, like I said in the in the teaser in the uh, in the opening, this this uh, World Golf Championship uh, match play event being held this week at Austin Country Club, where they have it every year, is a gambler's paradise. Michael, I know you're not a huge golf gambler. But I am deep in the golf gambling life, and you know you you can get some incredible odds week to week on the PGA Tour and head to head matchups. But this week especially, you know, usually. So I was telling you at the top of the show that I have a little strategy that I've been employing the last few years, and it's worked. I literally just bet every single underdog in the first three matches in the in the round robin portion. I've never lost money doing it. I've won money every single year just blindly betting every single underdog and i'm curious they haven't come out with the lines yet i guess they'll come out tomorrow and wednesday maybe we'll put up a little something tomorrow a couple picks i like but you know i I would just blindly take a ride with me jump on it as many dogs as you can because you know the golf odds you'll get a guy that's like plus 175 right playing Mm -hmm. against dustin johnson a guy that's maybe 58th in the world this guy is not plus 165 he should be like plus 120 it is way more of a coin flip than people understand especially when you go to austin country club it's a tricky course it's a great match play course so you know there's just a lot of advantages a lot of live betting you can do in this event but head-to-head golf gambling is fantastic um, I agree. I, I am big into golf and I want to get into the gambling aspect of it more. And I'm going to let you lead me down that path. I think I've done that before in uh, in certain hockey games. I, I don't gamble a lot on hockey, but there's been days when I've just gone down the list on bet online and taken every dog and it pays off. Um, there's a whole psychology involved in gambling that we're not going to get too much into, but Everybody likes the over. You look at, you know, um, Gonzaga and you say, yeah, eight and a half. 
They're going to destroy Arkansas. They're absolutely going to win that game. Okay, but eight and a half points is a lot. Okay, when you're dealing with certain money lines in hockey, soccer, golf, um, it's a lot of money line. There's generally not as much action on the spread because you could just take a certain person, pay more for them, or get paid out more if they win. And um, and that's the fun part about golf. I've done that in uh, in hockey, as I said. And I remember a long time ago when we were talking gambling in college. If you bet, and I think it was 98 when Pedro Martinez had that monster year. I think he won 28-4. That's what he went. We broke it down. And if you would have bet on him every start, you would have ended up losing a little bit of money because you would have had to pay so much when he was starting that those four losses plus I think it was like eight or nine no decisions that turned into losses, you would have paid a fortune for, whereas you would have had to risk a lot of money to get a hundred bucks, you know, sometimes up to four hundred dollars. You have to risk four to one to get him in just in any given game. So to find that value in those underdogs, that's what we're trusting you with. That's good stuff, I think. Yeah, it should be good. Like I said, the matchups haven't come out yet as far I mean the matchups are out, but they haven't come up with any lines yet. So they should be coming out. Look for those later on whatever uh whatever book or service you're using to uh to make your bets. But yeah, a couple guys like Scotty Scheffler's a guy that, you know, he's kind of coming into his own. He went to the University of Texas. He he's played this course uh, you know, countless times, grew up near it, made it to the finals last year, lost to Billy Horschel. He's in like tremendous form right now, and he's an incredible match play player. He went undefeated at the Ryder Cup. I think he was 3-0-1. So that's a guy that, look, that's not groundbreaking info. I think a lot of people are going to be on Scotty Scheffler this week, but that's definitely a guy to keep uh, keep an eye out for. Scheffler looks at plus 1,600 to win it, with the favorites being uh, Ram and Thomas. 1,200 more cow at 16. Just looking at some of these numbers, you got DJ at 22, Kepka 28, Spieth 28, DeShambo 28. I mean, there's a, there, I don't I, even I'm know just already looking to play. I see an obscene amount of value on some of these guys down. Finau, well, there is. Guys, guys in form. I mean, John Rahm is the fave, but it's interesting. He's not really in fantastic form. He, he hasn't been playing very well the last month. Um, obviously Jordan Smith, Smith, his problems are pretty well documented, but again, that's another guy, you know, he's from Austin, went to UT. He knows this course really well. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, his form is just not very good. Kepka's eh, he's kind of up and down. DJ is coming around. That's one where you can probably find some value, but then you kind of got to, he did go undefeated at the Ryder cup this last year, five and oh, DJ, I'm not sure. I don't think his record is fantastic at the match play. There's, there's guys that specifically Matt Kuchar, Billy Horschel, like dudes like that weird bulldog type guys that show up with a mentality that the world ranking does not matter to them. And it's just one V one. And that's how they look at it. And, and, and guys with that mentality do very, very well every year. So, you know, keep look a little lower on the board. Like you were naming guys down a little bit. I think the winner is going to come from that range. The winner won't come from the top range. I mean, I'm looking at Horschel plus 3,500. Since you've said those two names, I've already put a little bit on DJ at plus 2,200. And um, Billy Horschel. 3,500, the winner last year. I see Adam Scott down 5,000. I mean, there are some monster names, but you're right. You need to Paul Casey. You need to know who's playing, who hasn't been playing, who's had off for a little bit, who's hot, who's on fire right now. 
stuff like that obviously it, helps. It's a different animal. It's a different animal. I mean, the match play is just a different animal. And there's guys that will get up for this. There just are. And there's guys that, you know, they're showing up and they'll give it a college try. But I don't know how interested they are in grinding out six singles matches in five days, right? Like, it's a right. grind to win this thing. Um so, you know, think about that when you're making these picks. It, it, it's But there's a lot of value here, man. There's like a guy like Shane Lowry, uh, a guy like Paul Casey, guys in really good form, guys that are very good match players. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of where my head's at. Ke, you know, Kevin Kisner, another guy that plays great. Webb Simpson had a pretty good tournament this week. He's been a little, a little off, but, you know, Webb's a guy that I think is going to win a tournament here in the next like month and a half. Like he's, he's a guy that I will be making a lot of bets on over the next five, six weeks because he's way too good to be playing as bad as he's been playing. And there was a little glimmer of hope last week. So he, I, I think he's a, he's a guy to keep uh, an eye out for. Okay. I like it. We're going to come back on Wednesday, do another show. Jay's going to talk a little daily fantasy. That's a whole nother aspect of, I guess we could call it gambling. Um, daily fantasy has really figured it out over the past little while. And you can, I mean, they, you could bet, you could play quarters, you could play halves, you could play single games, you know, DraftKings, wherever you might be doing it. Who's left? FanDuel, Yahoo does it. Um, so Jay's going to be talking on Wednesday when we come back again, it might be a little quick hitter of a show, but we're going to talk a little daily fantasy golf. A lot of money to be made, daily fantasy golf. Yeah, Jay? One, 1,000. And just, you know, for anybody that listens to this, it starts Wednesday, so you won't have a chance to make your daily fantasy line. Like, you'll have to make it before our show Wednesday. So a quick little piece of advice when you're making your your lineups for the match play, make sure you don't take any guys that are in the same pod. It requires a little bit of homework. Uh, You can't just go in and blindly pick guys. You have to make sure all six guys you're picking are able to advance out of their pod. So you don't want to have three dudes in the same pod because then you've essentially torpedoed your lineup and made it impossible to have six guys advance to the match play. So, you know, it, it takes a little bit of work, tinker around a little bit, but definitely make sure you understand each pod that, you know, each player is in and then pick from there. That's great advice. Because if you, yeah, if, yeah you, if you don't know who's playing together and you pick three guys in the same pod, you're that's horrible, horrible gambling right there. I mean, that's the thing. We're, we're going to do a lot of daily fantasy stuff because at the end of the day, when, when you're playing daily fantasy, you're playing against other people. When you're betting on sports, you're betting against Vegas. So, you know, one I think is a little easier to win at than the other. I, I am I, I do a lot of daily fantasy across all the sports, NBA being my and golf being my two main sports. But you know, we're, we're definitely going to talk a lot of daily fantasy. And there's a lot of little events like that, especially in golf, that the the average fan who's not really paying attention doesn't realize. Like maybe twenty percent of the lineups that get made for this tournament will be dead before the tournament starts. That's really important overlay. That's important to know that when you go into some of these tournaments. Some of these tournaments, they play on two courses. And one of the courses is way harder than the other one. And people, you know, stack guys up and they don't look at the weather. They don't go to WindTracker, WindTracker.com. Great, a great uh, website to uh, check wind. Getting on the right side of the draw. Sometimes like we saw last week at the TPC, man, it, it wiped out half the field. Wiped out half the field. So the, the DFS part of it was easier. If you stacked all guys in good weather, you won all the money. So that's the stuff we're going to be talking about, which is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And obviously, we don't talk wind or any kind of weather when we're dealing with NBA. 
But we got to move on to the NBA, another one of uh, your expertise, specialties, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some interesting games tonight. You got Philly playing. That's your team. You got the Lakers getting five in Cleveland. If you would have told anybody in Los Angeles a couple months ago, Lakers would be getting five in Cleveland. They'd say you are out of your mind. What jumps out to you on tonight's slate, Jay? Well, the uh, the LeBron going back to Cleveland thing with, uh, you know, he just passed Carl Malone last night. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, the LeBron thing is funny. I mean, him and Westbrook have actually played pretty well the last two games. It's hard to believe Westbrook will be able to put up. Westbrook has put up 50-plus fantasy points the last two games, which is probably the first time he's put up 50 in like two months. Uh, yeah, that game winner fighting. two games ago. That just yeah, it's one of those that could turn it around. It could, and I think that's the Lakers. You know, they're certainly not very good, and the Lakers aren't going to win any titles, and the Lakers probably won't advance. You know, out of the the play in portion of the playoffs, but you know, the foot is uh, the pedal is to the metal, and uh, you know, LeBron will be very popular in da- daily fantasy tonight. So, and rightfully so, but he always has a questionable tag. They put it up there every day for him, but he always ends up playing. It would, it would be very hard to believe him not showing up to play in Cleveland. So, yeah, especially with the talk of him maybe wanting to go back there and play with his son, if if that's possible. There's some rumors about that. So, so yeah, what's jumping out at me is, yeah, you know, I Real like quick. LeBron in Daily Fantasy, but I love Cleveland tonight. Cleveland is a very good team. Cleveland is underrated. They're getting healthy at the right time. They just got Karis LeVert back. Jared Allen's not in. But, you know, Mobley's been playing incredible. Markkinen had a huge game a couple games ago. Kevin Love's been great coming off the bench. And Darius Garland is is a bona fide star in the NBA. I mean, Cleveland did a nice, nice rebuild. I, I like Cleveland tonight. Okay. Uh, looking at some of these numbers, too, we're not going to get too complex on you yet. We're not going to tell you to take, you know, LeBron James over 44 and a half points to system rebounds, which are some fun bets. If you're just getting started, you don't even know where to find those on your website. And that seems a little complicated, but that's one of those games I love. 44 and a half points assist rebounds. And then another thing in that game, the over-unders at 227. The Lakers have covered the over five of the last seven games. So they're going to want to get out and run today. I think Russ is feeling it a little better. Because he kind of got everyone off his back the other night for a little while, a little stay of execution. And I think he's going to get out and run tonight, have some fun. They're going to put on a show in Cleveland without question. So I like that over 227 number as well. Yeah, it's fun. The LeBron 44 and a half is, uh, you know, they, they always come up with great numbers. He has gone over 44 and a half in his last two. But prior to that, he did not go over 44 and a half in his, right. in his previous three, it looks like. Um, but I think, you know, it's always a matter of motivation with LeBron. And, you know, if you can find games where you know LeBron is going to be motivated, those, those are the games you just got to hammer his overs on all of his totals, play him in DraftKings. But, and just to you put know, that- sometimes the Lakers get boat raced, man. And sometimes it's just, it's just ugly. And sometimes it's kind of fun to watch. Just to put that in perspective, LeBron James overs 44 and a half points, assists, and rebounds. Darius Garland, his number's 38 and a half. So LeBron's only six points higher than somebody who the casual NBA fan might not even really know about. You know, everyone knows LeBron James. Not many people know Darius Garland. And those numbers are very, very close. So keep an eye on both of those numbers. 
Yeah, Garland's assist numbers have been pretty fantastic. His last three of his last four, uh, thirteen assists, fourteen assists, 12, 12 assists, and three of his last four. You know, when you're, you're taking his over unders on those things, the combined, the rebounds aren't going to be as high. If he, if he can steal five boards, then that's that's a steal. But it, you know, he's been putting up a lot of points. He's playing a lot of minutes, over forty minutes in what four five like four of his last five. Plenty of shot attempts. You know, over twenty in three of his last five. So he's got a lot of usage. Jared Allen's out, so they kind of spread the floor a little bit better. Rondo's out. So, you know, a heavy load for Darius Garland. But like I said, Karis LeVert is back, so he's going to eat into a little bit of that usage. But, you know, all in all, Darius Garland is just a good guy to bet on because he's going to have the ball in his hands most of the game, and and he's going to be making a lot of decisions for them. Okay. Another game I want to ask you about. Big one in Philly tonight. Miami giving four and a half, according to Bet Online. Against the Sixers, what do it tell me about this game? What's going on? Some questionable people. The Harden era started off amazing. They started out, I believe, three and zero against the spread with Harden, and now they're down to I think three, five, and one over their last couple. So, where how, how are you feeling about this game tonight? Well, there's growing pains, and when they came out of the gates, they got to play the Knicks, I think, a couple times. I mean, the schedule was a little easier twice, and then Denver came to town, and they lost that game, and then obviously they got boat raced by the Nets at home. So, you know, there's some growing pains, and they're figuring out, and Harden can't throw it in the ocean right now, which is not fantastic, but... You know, it's important to remember, this is not a trade just for the, you know, the end of this year. This is a trade for next year. That's how I always looked at it. And they will put shooters around those two guys and that team will be better. But as it pertains to tonight, Jimmy Butler loves ripping the heart out of the 76ers for choosing Ben Simmons over him. And he's going to play tonight. It says questionable, but there's no way Jimmy Butler is ever going to miss a game in Philadelphia. He's that guy. He, he's a grudge guy, and that's why we loved Jimmy Butler in Philadelphia, and we wish he was still a 76er. And Embiid is out tonight. So, you know, you, you kind of got to like Miami a little bit with no Embiid. I mean, Embiid is the, is the guy that drives the ship. Who's your MVP selection right now? Oh, we got man. a couple weeks left. It, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, you know, Jokic is a guy that people were talking about. Um you know, I, I, weirdly, I think Chris Paul had the MVP locked up uh, until he got hurt. And that, that mm-hmm. pains me to say, not being a, a big Chris Paul guy. Right. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm pulling up the futures on Bet Online. Let me let me take a look at some. Uh, do you have them up? Who, uh, who are the faves right now? I don't. I got MLB, which we're not going to be able to get to. We could push MLB for a little bit. Uh, NBA, let's see. Futures. Bet Online. Love this. Yeah, it's 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 been a weird it's been a weird year in that regard. It's like there's been so many incredible performances and guys have been getting hot and getting cold and you know Dallas is doing okay, Luca's doing all right, but he's not really having an MVP year. Right, Steph Curry it. just just went down. Um you know, Curry's I think Embiid's in the talk. So he's way down. He's gotta be So Curry's down at a ten thousand with Jason Tatum. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Tatum's playing out of his mind right now. He's playing unbelievable. Him and um, Jalen Brown are putting up, you know, numbers comparable to Bird and McHale, you know, that Celtics haven't done since then. And the Celtics have had some good teams since then. But, you know, between Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Garnett, these guys are rolling right now. Being from New York, being a Knicks fan, not a fan of that. But I can't even say there's a rivalry because Boston is so much better than New York right now. Uh, Devin Booker's at 8,000. 
Donkic still 3,000 along with DeMar DeRozan. That was my pick. I put a little bit on him about a month ago, right before he really, really popped. Ja, not getting a lot of love at 2,000. And then there's Giannis, 800. Jokic, 1,300. Joel Embiid, minus 160. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's kind of down to Embiid and Jokic. And, you know, Giannis is having a great year, and the Bucs are kind of peaking at the right time. Boston's peaking at the right time. Memphis has been fantastic. Weirdly, I think the the thing that hurts John Morant the most is when he when he went down, they were still very good. And, you know, winning an MVP in any sport it requires a narrative. You got to write it. You know, there's, there's always a story around it, right? It just can't be you were the best player and you win. It's got to be you overcame this or you did that. So Ja will have his moment. Ja is fantastic, but it's a two-man race. It's Embiid or Jokic, and depending on how each team finishes the year, maybe you go down and look at the schedules, but Jokic has just been so good. But Embiid's been great too, so it's kind of a coin flip in my mind. I know the... Uh the gambling gods have zero say in who wins MVP. But if you're looking at that Memphis team right now, probably the biggest surprise of the year, they're 46 and 26 against the spread. Okay. That's a 64% cover rate. That's the best in the NBA. So if you think some of these teams are covering at 75, 80, 83%, you are so far off because it's a, it's tough to win in this league and to cover also you know, Memphis, 63%. Just going back real quick, the third best team, and they're playing, they're giving five points tonight to the Lakers we talked about, is Cleveland, covering at a 58.2% rate. So keep an eye on that stuff, especially the trends happening the last couple games. If Cleveland has covered the last couple, guess that? Keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling until it stops. Yeah, it's not like everybody doesn't play hard. There's this myth and this belief that the NBA mail, these guys mail it in all the time. And I, I think just human beings get a little tired. So there might be some you know, wonky, outliery performances by some teams occasionally. But for the most part, I mean, just from the eye test, and I know you love a good eye test. Love it. Memphis and Cleveland, they play so hard every night. They just play so hard. And when a guy goes down, they play even harder. Yeah. And – you know, those are the teams you you want to have your money on. I mean, it, you know, there's we can get into all the analytics and 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 all the numbers, but at the end of the day, the number I care about is the the, the number that tells me how much a team gives a shit. Yeah. So, you know, Memphis is a team that shows up and plays hard every night, and and Jaw leads by example. Nobody plays harder than Jaw. I mean, he, he's like Iverson in, in that his body does not matter. He throws it up at that rim. And he does not care where he lands. He takes abuse and he just keeps coming. So we're going to be watching Darius Garland and, and John Morant for, for a very, very long time. So just to put that in perspective too, Cleveland, 39 and 28, 58.2 clip against the spread, which I'm going to be honest, that's all that we care about on this show. I don't care who wins this game. To flip that around, the Lakers getting five tonight, they're 29 and 42 against the spread. And that's a 40.9%. That's fourth worst in basketball. The only teams worse are Brooklyn, Portland, and Houston. I'm shocked not to see the Knicks down in that that gutter of uh, spread coverage. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that that's a monster number. So for those of you guys getting started in the whole gambling thing, that's kind of the only number I need to see. Of course, something can go wrong. But Cleveland is near the top covering. The Lakers are near the bottom. Five points. LeBron, Russ. Definitely no street clothes AD. I don't even know if Carmelo's, you know, what his designation is tonight. Can't believe I'm even still talking about Carmelo. But look at numbers like that. Cleveland covers a lot more than the Lakers do. 
pretty simple stuff. Yeah. And always remember, the NBA is uh, is a moving target. You know, I, I do hockey for DraftKings every day, and I can make a, dra- a DraftKings hockey lineup at 10 in the morning and not change it all day because those guys generally just play the NBA every night. You know, Tonight, for example, Boston. Nice game. Big game. Should be fun to watch. Yeah, Boston OKC. Boston's on a roll playing well. Well, they're taking the night off. Marcus Smart is sitting. Robert, Robert Williams is sitting. So there's so much value. In in uh, in DraftKings on, on nights like this, but sadly you just have to wait all day to see who's in and who's out. But guys like DeAndre Jordan, Derek White, uh, Chris Dunn is a guy for Portland. It's been, had a lot of injuries. He was a, a a top pick maybe like seven eight years ago. He's bounced around, but he's a talented guy getting a lot of run with Portland now. So you know, just stay on top of the injuries, and and you can find a lot of advantages in uh, in, in DraftKings NBA, especially because you know, frankly, a lot of people don't have the time to monitor all this stuff. And you know, the NBA is just it's wild every night. Like half the league sits, and you can find a guy that's three thousand dollars, thirty one hundred, and you know, and and get forty out of them. So you know, just stay on top of all that stuff, especially with the betting and, and the DraftKings stuff. And if you can't stay on top of it, check in with us because we're going to be putting stuff up on Instagram, Twitter all the time with some stuff you need to know, some tidbits that you might not be able to get on the ESPN front page or anything like that. Boston's still a 14 and a half point favorite in Oklahoma City tonight. Not sure what's going to happen with that number at all. Uh, well, OKC's got guys out too, though. That's the thing. OKC the thing. has Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's probably going to sit, who's been on the tear of tears the last month. So... You know, the NBA is just, it's just such a weird sport. Like it's three in the afternoon and you talk about the games and you talk about players, but in three hours, it's just, it, the conversation will be totally different. So I think just one tip I could give people is, especially DraftKings NBA, there are real advantages. If you can clear out a little bit of time in your day right around lock time when the games start and maybe backload your roster a little bit and wait for news to trickle out, you're going to be able to get some guys that other people just won't be able to get because their lineup's already locked. So, you know, that's one little strategy that's really helped me over the years. I carve out a little bit of time, maybe backload some guys, get some good news coming my way for the late games, boom, plug in some cheap guys with some stars, win all the money. Easy game. I can't wait. Jay, I am so excited. We get to do this all the time now. We get to talk gambling, daily fantasy, all this stuff, anything, everything from golf to F1 to Icelandic ping pong. I can't wait for that. That's going to be fun. I'm going to let you take the lead on that one. Um, Like I said, check in with us all the time. Follow us on Mostly Gambling. I almost said it wrong right there, but I didn't. Mostly Gambling. Mostly Gamble on Twitter. Mostly Gambling Instagram. Get on there. We're going to be giving out all this information. We might even do some live feeds with Jay while he's putting in his lineup, talking to us about it, letting us know why you might fade a very expensive LeBron James tonight. Just using that as an example. I think he's a must play. Check with the boss right there. He knows. Um, But this is going to be fun, man. This is going to be so much fun. Every Friday, we're going to be doing the big show leading up to the weekend with some great stuff. We're going to be dropping some quick quick hits here and there. Today, kind of the only Monday show we're going to do. Biggest weekend in sports, I think. So we had to kind of do a little bit of a recap. Jay, anything else? No, man. Just uh, like I said earlier, man, just excited to be back. We're going to have a lot of fun and, you know, we'll, we'll get into like some some deep gambling stuff and then we'll zoom out and get real weird sometimes and talk about like Reuben sandwiches and whether or not they should have sauerkraut on them or not. So 
yeah. you know, it's just kind of like a buckle up and let's see what happens thing, man. Cause that's what we do best. And you know, it's going to be a lot of gambling, but there's certainly going to be moments where you and I get real weird and tangential and, you know, hopefully we'll have a live aspect. We always did a live show. So we like interacting with people. We like making the people listening part of the show. So please don't hesitate ever. I mean, Maybe we'll run a little contest, Mike, where we can invite somebody on to the podcast for like a 10-minute segment every week. Absolutely. Who knows? We're gonna, but, we're, but we're gonna have fun. Everything's on the table. Give us any suggestions you might have. This is our first show. We're pretty excited about it. Jay, just so you know, when you talk about those weird segments, the Reuben sandwiches kind of stuff, I was at a barbecue yesterday and I uh, was telling people about what the, the craziest segment we did on the old show, and I brought up um, the Uber rating. When we talked, we did like three whole shows on Uber rating that a lot of people don't know you have an Uber rating. And uh, the 5.0 people thought they were all high and mighty, including my wife. Um, and then those of us down in the 4.5, 4.6s are just kind of lonely little peons. But those weird things like that, that's what we like. We like doing, you know, breaking it up with some of that random stuff. Um, I mean, I love a good Ruben sandwich. What's your, what's your Uber rating right now? So I've, I haven't I've, taken since, Uber, I, like, since I moved, I haven't used Uber in a while. I haven't taken it. So remember, the whole thing was that I thought I had a 4.68 because I got sick in an Uber once, even though I handed the guy my wallet after and said, yeah, sorry. But Jen informed me shortly after, after going through her history, that it was her who ordered the Uber, and she still has a perfect 5.0. So I haven't been able to get that rating up. It drives me crazy. I can't That's remember dirty, the last time I took an Uber. An Uber. That's Uber. dirty. Sabotaging yeah. another guy's uh, Uber rating is tough. I, I had like a four. I, I had a four eight at one point, and I was I was bartending in L.A. I was using Ubers all the time, and I had buddies with like four nines, and I felt shame. So I I went yeah. on a mission. I just tipped every driver in cash, that and made sure they gave me five ratings. I'm up to a four nine right now. Are you watching Super Pumped? I'm on uh, Showtime. It. No, I'm recording that and the Lakers. Thing on Showtime or HBO, one of those. Winning I time. Is Super Pumped worth it? Yeah, I'm into it, man. I'm on like episode four. Uh, it was a little weird, but it's it, it grabbed me. It's good. Okay. It's very, very good. Um, I mean, Uber's such a big part of our lives, like in LA, especially living in LA. Dude, I Ubered Eats my lunch today, and it's wild to see how it all started. <laughs> it's just, just so, you know, so wild. Uber Eats is not one of our sponsors, so he's not plugging anything. It's not, but man, it was quick and it was delicious. Um, but yeah, no, definitely worth a watch. Winning time's not bad. John C. Riley is a god. So I love that. he's amazing. Yeah, um, he's incredible, man. All right. So again, we're gonna get all of our lines from Bet Online. I think that's one of, if not the best sites. And we're just kind of a disclaimer, these lines are gonna move. So when someone, even at the beginning of the day, says, you know, the Celtics are two two seventeen and a half over under, and then it jumps up to two twenty one by game time, that's gonna happen. Like Jay was saying throughout the day. You know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are sitting. That's going to affect that line big time. So keep up with the line. Keep an eye we'll out. try our best. Yeah. If something major happens, we'll jump on Instagram or Twitter where you'll be following us and we'll let you know about any of that stuff. Aside from that, I think that was, uh, that was a fun first show. Good work out of you, brother. Looking forward to uh, touching base again in a couple days, do a quick hitter. And then every Friday, we're going to be churning out an hour of incredible content. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the first one. We'll be back Wednesday with a little quick hitter, and then Friday, like Jay said, for another show. Check in with us. We'll see you then. See ya.